the book of 1st John the book of 1st John chapter 4 and for those of you who may find it hard to find just go to Revelation go a couple books back and they're there 1st John chapter 4 and as you turn there once again I just want to thank Pastor Stevan and his beautiful wife Chalo just for the awesome privilege we're able to speak here at Victory Outreach Heart I like it the heart amen I know you guys call it heart of the bay, but I like the heart. Amen. Just sounds cool. Gora. <laughs> Praise the Lord. First John chapter four, starting in verse nine. Do you have it? If you don't have it, you could look there on the screen. It says, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Tonight, I want to speak on the subject, real love. Somebody say, real love. love. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you and we pray, God, that you would move and minister through your word. And that it would just grip the hearts of your people. And that you would speak, God, even those that are watching online, God, that you would minister, Father. I ask you, Lord, that lives would be set free, healed, delivered by the power of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody shouts. And everybody shouts. But before you see the gift, five people high five and tell them real love. Somebody say, real love. real love. What is real love? You know, many of us, especially in America, we put this definition of what real love is. We, we use that word love so easily, don't we? Right? Like today, Pastor Stevan, and he wanted to take me to this Mexican joint there in San Francisco because he loves this place. I think it's called uh, Tacaria right he says man i love their burrito we showed up and he's raving about man i love it's the best burrito in the entire world we showed up and it was closed so obviously they weren't loving him back real love we use that word for food so you have, to, you have to think, like, when you think of real love, obviously there's got to be some type of, like, image or an example or something where it defines what real love is. Maybe a marriage, a marriage. Maybe marriage defines what real love is. If that's the case, then why is it that so many marriages end in divorce? And especially in the church, the percentage of divorce is even higher so that can't be real love. Maybe, maybe, maybe real love is between a father or a mother for their child. Maybe that is real love. A mom who loves the child that she birthed. But then yet, why do we have moms? And we see the newspaper and the news that abandon their kids or throw them in the garbage can or leave them in the car and have them suffocate through a hundred degree weather. So that can't be real love either. What is real love? 
Have you ever really thought about it? Like, what is really real love? Because I'm searching. I'm looking. I thought it was in a marriage. I thought it was in a, a, a spouse. I thought it was with my kids. I thought it was here. I thought it was there. I thought it was for this or that. But all of those things have failed me. So that cannot be real love. I want to take you back tonight to a time in Israel. In the Old Testament, when they were in a prosperous and peaceful season. Everything was going great outwardly. Things were taking place. But spiritually, they were in poverty. Outwardly, man, they were making money. Outwardly, people were prospering. Outwardly, things were thriving. But spiritually, they were poor. For they were looking for love. But they were looking for love like a lot of us in all the wrong places. How many know what I'm talking about? You know, their search for love was pretty similar to our times. Because they saw love as a concept. Something that you could purchase. Right? They saw love, they saw love as something that you could buy. The pursuit of self-gratification. You know how it is that in order for us to feel good and love ourselves, we buy new clothes. But after a week, we go back to the same place where we really don't, really didn't do anything for us. It helped for a moment, right? We wanted to feel real love, so we get the new iPhone. Hello, somebody. Get the new Jordans, right? Just so that we could feel confident in love, but all of a sudden, it wears out, doesn't it? None of that is real love, but that's how they saw it. And that's how many people even today see it. So God, God needed to demonstrate to them what real love is. He wanted to demonstrate what is real love. So God used a vivid example to exemplify his unconditional love to those people in Israel who abandoned him. I want you to go with me to the book of Hosea. It's one of the minor prophets there in the Old Testament. The book of Hosea, you can look on the screen if it's hard for you to find. Chapter 1, verses 2 through 3. Look on the screens with me. It says, When the Lord first began speaking to Israel through Hosea, he said to him, look what he said, Go and marry a prostitute, so that some of her children will be conceived in prostitution. This will illustrate how, it, how Israel has acted like a prostitute by turning against the Lord and worshiping other gods. So Hosea married Gomer. Here we find the bond. Somebody say the bond. And here we find a prophet whose name is Hosea. And Hosea gets the most bizarre assignment from God. Bizarre, isn't it? God is telling Hosea... Here's your calling. Here's your purpose. I want you to go and marry a prostitute. <laughs> I, I, if I was Jose, I'm sure, I'm sure he probably said, "What, Lord? What, is that is that you? Are you? Did did I hear you correctly? Did I hear you? What, Lord? Did did you just tell me to go and marry a?" A, 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 a prostitute? What? 
That, that's crazy. That's nonsense. For reals, Lord? He goes, yes, I don't want you just to marry a prostitute, but I also want you to fall in love with her. Woo! Because you can marry somebody but not be in love. How many know what I'm talking about? See, Hosea was to show through his own love for Gomer the kind of love that God had for Israel. See, in essence, God was going to use Hosea's life to illustrate what was going, what he, what God was going through loving Israel. Are you hearing me? God was saying to Hosea, he said, I want to show you what it's like to be me. I want to show you what it's like to be me. Are you hearing me? See, there's two times in the Bible where God has a man step into his shoes to show what it's like to be God. The first person was Abraham. Remember Abraham? God gave him a promise. A promised child up in his older age. And by faith, they conceived a child. They named him Isaac. And then years later, years later, when he was maybe a junior higher, all of a sudden, the same God that promised him a child now told Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your son, your only son. I want you to sacrifice your son. I, I want to show you what I'm going to do down the road. Hello, somebody. When I give my son, my only son, to sacrifice for the world. So Hosea, his very life becomes a telescope through which we can see deeper into the heart of God. Are you hearing me? So Hosea, he goes to the red light district. And he's looking at the windows, passing one woman and the other. Then all of a sudden, he sees this prostitute. He sees this woman. Her name's Gomer. And he falls in love with her. He doesn't see her the way others see her. Because love is blind, isn't it? He doesn't see, the, see her the way other men see her. Other men see her just to use her. He sees her because he loves her. And so Hosea marries this prostitute, Gomer. And they have three kids. And they lived happily ever after. Not true. Not true whatsoever. All of a sudden, they have three kids. And then one day, Hosea wakes up to find that his wife is gone. She left him. She took off. Imagine that. A, a, a man that married this woman that probably no other man wanted, but yet he married, and all of a sudden they had three kids, and then years later, she takes off. Talk about the betrayal. See, although Gomer was married in her mind, although Gomer was married, her mind was somewhere else. You know it's possible that to be in one place physically and your mind completely somewhere else? Some of you are like that tonight. Hello, somebody. You may be here physically, but you're already thinking about tomorrow morning. What you got to do, the errands you got to run. Are you hearing me? Right? See, Gomer didn't leave because of her past. She left because she did not believe in her future. A lot of times that's why guys and girls leave the, our recovery home. Not so much because of their past, because they don't believe that they have a future. 
And see, when your past impulse is stronger than your future perception, whenever trouble breaks out, you will always revert back to the familiar, even if the familiar is abusive. That's why you have wives and women go back to her abusive husband or spouse, not because they want to get beat up or anything like that, because that's all what they're used to. I wonder how many gomers are here in this room tonight. God keeps pulling you out, but yet you keep going back. God keeps pulling you out. God keeps delivering you, but yet you keep going back to your mat. Back to your struggle. Back to your vice. Back to your addiction. You go back. God pulled you out. He set you free. He delivered you. And yet, you find yourself back into the very thing that had a hold on you. You go back to your struggle, not because you're happy about it. No, you go back because that's what you're used to. You struggle with issues so deep down inside that it keeps pulling you back into captivity. Are you hearing me? See, the hardest thing for Gomer was to see herself the way Hosea saw her. Hosea saw her with the eyes of love. See, you know, sometimes that's our biggest challenge, isn't it? That, that's our biggest battle is to see ourselves the way God sees us. How many know what I'm talking about? Sometimes that's so difficult for us because of all the damage, all the brokenness, all the hurt, all the pain, everything that we've done. Sometimes it's so hard for us to see ourselves the way God sees us. And I came to let you know that's what the enemy will love to do. Because sometimes we can't, the enemy, if he can't affect the way we see God and how we see God, the next best thing is to affect how you see yourself. Because if you can see yourself as a failure, as a loser, as you're never going to make it, then what ends up happening? You become that. You become who you think you are. Are you hearing me? So Gomer abandons her whole family. And now Hosea is a single dad. A dad trying to raise three kids. And I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure as a dad, he tried to make it work. He tried to, you know, as a good dad, he tried to work it out. Man, I got three kids and I got to provide for them. I, I got to make a living. I, I got to, you know, I, I'm trying to make it work. But then God speaks to him again. God speaks to him again in Hosea chapter 3, verse 1. And look what it says. He says, go again, Hosea. Go find your wife. Love this woman who is loved by a lover and is right now committing adultery. Woo! That's heavy. He said, look, look, look what the Lord says next. Look what God says next. He goes, this will illustrate that the Lord still loves Israel. Even though the people have turned to other gods and love to worship them. He's saying, Hosea, I know she left you. I know she took off on you. But nevertheless, go find her. Go find your wife who is right now in the very act of adultery. My God. I'm sure this is a painful process. Right? He has to go back and look for his wife who was a former 
prostitute now who is back into prostitution? Where do you go looking for her? Right? He goes back to the very place where she found her. How painful is that? Imagine how painful as a spouse. How painful as a husband. And, and, and now Gomer is not a prostitute no more. Now she is a slave. She is a slave. A prostitute slave. Are you hearing me? And can you imagine the scene? Picture the scene with me. Likely when Hosea finds her, Gomer is on some pedestal. Somewhere chained and shackled. Naked. Ready to be sold to the highest bidder. Like she was on eBay or something. And Hosea, looking for her, searching, all of a sudden, finds her. Finds his wife, the mother of his three children. And he goes to the man who's selling his wife. And he says, excuse me, sir. Excuse me, excuse me. Sir, um, that's my wife. Sir, excuse me. I know you're trying to sell her, but that's my wife. We have three kids together. We've been married for such a long time. Excuse me. So I, I know you're trying to sell her, but that's my wife. And the man replies and says, I don't care who you think she is. This is her price. And if you want her, you got to pay for her. Wow. I don't care who you think she is. She could be your wife, whatever. This is her price. And if you want her back, you have to pay for her. Here comes the buyback. We talked about the bond, the betrayal. Here comes the buyback. Verse 2 says, Hosea bought her. Wait. Are you kidding me, Hosea? Are you serious? Wait, 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 wait. What, what, what? You bought your wife back? That's your woman. Any husbands out there? Any wives out there? Hey, 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 that's your woman. Why in the world would you have to pay for your wife? That's your wife. You have a covenant till death do you part. Neither of you are dead yet. Why in the world, Hosea? Why in the world should you have to pay for her? She is already yours. Can you imagine the look they both had when they saw each other? She abandoned him. Now he had to buy his wife back. Other men sought to buy her because they wanted to use her. They wanted to abuse her. But Hosea bought her. Because he loved her. Hosea pays a price for Gomer. Even though she was already his. Wow. She, she, he, he paid a price for his own spouse. Even though covenantly by law she was already his. My friend. Look at me when I tell you this. This is a picture of real love that you and I call the gospel. 
Did you hear what I just said? This is a picture of the gospel. Hosea is a picture of God. No offense, you and I are a picture of Gomer. Oh, I know you ain't want to hear me tonight. In spite of our sins, in spite of our iniquity, in spite of us running away, just as Hosea searched for his wife, Jesus went searching for you and I and the salvation. He went out looking for you. And for some of us, he went searching into the deepest, darkest place. Some of it might have been the red light district. Others, it would have been the gutter. Some in a prison cell. But Jesus went searching. He went looking. He went after you. And when he found you, you were not all neat and cleaned up like the way you are. Some of you were dirty, ugly, filthy. Your whole person wanted to be around you. You were tore up. Not even your right mind. But yet, Jesus went looking for you. Searching. He said, hey, there's my son. I want my son back. I want my daughter back. I want my child back. I want them back. Just as Hosea purchased his adulterous wife back to him. Isn't that what Jesus did? Isn't that what Jesus did? <laughs> Jesus, when he went on the cross, he purchased our salvation and the price that he paid. Even though we are his creation, we are his son, we are his daughter, the price that he paid was his blood. His precious blood. Are you hearing me? He purchased us. He bought us. Even though many of us probably rejected him. I don't know about you, but I know there was times in my life I rejected Jesus. I didn't want nothing to do with him. I didn't want to get saved. I didn't want to give my heart to Jesus. I was running. I abandoned. I was like Gomer. I left and took off even though I was raised in the church. I didn't want nothing to do with it because I did not believe in myself. I took off but nevertheless Jesus still went after me. He still loved me. He still called me. He still chose me. He still wanted me even though I rejected him. He said nevertheless I still love you. First Peter chapter 1 verse 18 says for you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers but with the precious blood of Christ a lamb without blemish or defect your salvation was bought at a price that word redeemed there in the Greek it, it, it's borrowed from the same terminology here in Hosea where human beings were being offered as slaves at a marketplace so here the apostle Peter was not just writing something no he was letting us know no this is reality are you hearing me for slaves were condemned to a miserable existence. They were powerless to escape. Their only hope was redemption. An uncommon process whereby their freedom was purchased. 
this freedom revival it cost something for your freedom oh you ain't hearing me tonight your freedom cost something it didn't come by cheap it didn't come by just by mere words it didn't come by just by a flyer hello somebody are you hearing me no your freedom was bought it was purchased by the precious blood of Jesus and that scripture shows us the tragedy of our slavery and of our human predicament because we cannot get out of our slavery by ourselves. are you hearing me there is no way we were bound we were bruised we were broken we were enslaved to sin oh but when Jesus came and intervened and he went to the cross although we were helpless we were slaves to sin my friend tonight I came to tell you because of what Jesus did on that cross and by his shedding of his blood of Calvary that your freedom has been completely purchased and you have been set free somebody shout it take all the praise Somebody shout freedom. Somebody shout freedom. You have been free by the blood of Jesus. You have been free by the blood of the Lamb. You have been free by what Jesus has done. Redeemed by Christ from our old lifestyle, from our addiction, our depression, our hurt. Our brokenness, our confusion, we have been redeemed from that old life and brought, look at me, into a new life. All things have passed away. Behold, some of you tonight get ready for that. Behold, you are a new. Look at your name and hit him real quick and say, You are a new. You are a new, come on, you are a new creation. Oh, hallelujah. Why have you been set free? Why did Jesus shed his blood? Why? Why? Because he loved you. Matter of fact, the verse the verse says, not that God loved you. No, no, no. It said that He so loved you. See, 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 some of you, even though it's a small word, that's a small word right there, but that's a huge word. He so loved you. Now I can love you like crazy because I really don't know you. <laughs> right? I, I really. I really don't know. I can love you. Hey, sister, I love you. God bless you. But I really don't know you. You know, it's real cute when people give their testimony. Because they talk about how all the crazy, madness things they did. How many people they killed. How many times they were in prison. How many armed robberies. But if they ever really give their real testimony. I mean, their real where nobody knows your spouse will probably leave you 
Like, what? You did that? What? You did that? What? You did that? What? 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 Your real testimony. God says, I so loved you. I know everything about you. Your deepest and darkest sins and secrets. And nevertheless, I still love you. Wow. 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 I know everything you did. Everything. There is no sin that is hidden from God. And God says, I still love you. I still set my son to the cross for you. Because I so love you. God sent his only son to save us from our old lifestyle. And introduce us into a new and better life. Jesus says, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. You know, ironically, Hosea comes from the same root word of the name of Jesus. And both names mean salvation. Salvation. So I came to tell you that salvation has come. Woo! That's good news right there. It says salvation has come. If you walk through those doors, I came to tell you that your salvation has come. You don't have to be shackled no more. You don't have to be chained up no more. You don't have to be struggling with depression no more. You don't have to be struggling with suicide no more. You don't need to be struggling with bitterness or unforgiveness no more. God has brought salvation to you and his name is Jesus and the price has already been paid. All you have to do is receive it. Receive God's love. Receive God's unconditional. You can't buy it. You can't work for it. You can't earn it. There's nothing that you can do. God simply did it because he loved you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. My friend, that's real love. That's real love. There's nothing you can do for it. There's no amount of money you can pay for it. Doesn't matter what you did. His love is unconditional. So the question is, what do we do with this real love? What do we do? Is it just for us? I mean, we are called Victory Outreach Heart. But I don't think we're called Heart of the Bay for nothing. I think God called this church the heart because, matter of fact, let's go back to our opening scripture. It says in 1 John chapter 4, it says, verse 11, it says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So all of a sudden now, we were once the Gomers, enslaved 
right? Shackled and bruised, all of a sudden we are redeemed. Now we become the Hosea's that now goes back out. Oh, you ain't hearing me. That now goes back out into the red light district, code red, goes back out into the gutters and into the neighborhoods, into the drug infest. Now we go back into the very place where God found us. And now we tell them, hey, God brought me out in the same way God brought I wish I had a witness. The same way God brought me out, redeemed me, set me free, I can tell you that God can God bring you. He can take you. He can deliver you. He can heal you. He can set you free. You better shout. Give God a praise. Clap your hands. Somebody give God a round of applause. Now you are the Hosea. Look at your name and say, hi, Hosea. Now you are the Hosea that goes out searching, 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 searching. Even though they left you, you go back out and searching. Even though they abandoned you, you go back out there and you're searching. Even though, man, you, they, 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 they talked about you and they were negative. You, now you go back out there and say, hey, give me back my son. Give me back my child. Give me back my wife. Give me back my husband. Give me back my cousin. Give me back my uncle. Give me back that drug item. Give me back that treasure. Let's go to Israel. Let it be treasure. Let it purchase. Let it be child of the king. God so loved you. He so loved you. Close your eyes at the parents. Come on, just close your eyes, lift your hands. He so loved you. Even though you may have abandoned him, even though you may not be serving him the way you should be, doesn't matter. He so loved you. Come on, close your eyes. Lift up your hands from all over this place. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.